And now, our next reader. Uh, Tatiana Treno was a staff writer at Brooklyn Vegan for two years and has contributed to many music publications since then, including Noisy, Bandcamp, Uproxx, Impose, Paste, and more. She recently pivoted from music to writing out TV and film for Bustle and The Hollywood Reporter, but still occasionally writes about music, and we're very happy that they're here. Everyone, please give it for Tatiana Treno. For the record, I am 23, and I do know who Michael Sype is, and I bumped into him at the airport. And I don't listen to Trap. Sorry. It was a statement on all points <laughs> So what I'm about to read, I wrote when I was 21. I was just starting out. It was my first freelance piece I was ever paid for. Only 50 bucks. And it's the last one that Jess Golnick edited for Impose. It was a very shittily pitched thing where they were like, okay, actually, let's find a new angle. And I'm really glad they did say that because it became one of the pieces that means the most to me. So I'm glad to have the opportunity to read it tonight. Growing up in Puerto Rico as a teenage misfit, I didn't have many iconic rock figures to look up to, or at least not many of my gender. At the peak of my teen angst, Kurt Cobain was my everything. I played Nevermind in my mother's car every day after school during my freshman year of high school and connected on a weird level that I hadn't with any artist before. After watching About a Son, I felt like I finally could relate to somebody who made me feel less weird. An island where I certainly felt like an outsider. The Pixies were also a large part of my early teenage years. Finding out that Frank Black wrote some of the best tracks from Come On Pilgrim and Surfer Rosa about his experience being an exchange student in Puerto Rico made me loathe a bit less being stuck in an island where the predominant genre was reggaeton. After mostly looking up to male frontman rock bands, this finally changed during my last teenage years when I discovered bands like Vivian Girls, Best Coast, Rilo Kylie, and Garbage, who were all open about identifying as feminists. This might have seemed like much, but from an, for an island girl who was often told that being a feminist was something to be ashamed of and felt alone in a male-centered world of indie rock, they were enough. These bands' lyrics about dealing with boy issues, not belonging to the crowd, and the overall shittiness of life resonated with my teenage self. Yet all of them were white American women who didn't have to deal with all the stigmas that Latinas, such as myself, experience. Such as being seen as uneducated women and being at a higher risk of experiencing sexual abuse for ethnicity. I didn't even know any feminist Latina bands or artists. Sure, Selena was the Tejano queen of my childhood, but her music didn't hook me as much personally. I needed Latinas in rock to look up to who challenged the status quo and spoke out about oppression within the patriarchal culture. I stumbled upon Le Boucherettes during my freshman year of college after seeing front woman Terry Genderbender, whose real name is Teresa Suarez, perform as her side project, Boston Rainbows, 
with at the drive-in and Mars Volta's Omaita Diaz Lopez. I was overjoyed to see a Latina woman on stage alongside another influential figure from rock in, from my island. A friend who went with me to the show told me that Terry's other band, the Butcherettes, she would dump pig's blood on herself and wear a bloody apron, symbolize the oppression of women. I was sold. If anything, the Butcherettes were more outspoken about their feminist ideologies than most of their feminist identifying rock contemporaries. Their first studio album, Sin Sin Sin, changed everything for me. Finding out about Le Butcherettes coincided with the year I experienced most sexism and discrimination as a Latina, as it was my first year living in the States after moving to Baltimore for college. At the time, there weren't many bands that could relate to discussing what it's like to be a Latina without a country where you're seen as an outsider and judged for your ethnicity. On Sin Sin Sin, Terry addressed hypocrisy that Americans express towards Latinos, especially in her song, Bang, where she sings George Bush and McCain taking over Mexico. Next thing you see is their army ban banning Serenata, which meant a lot to me as Latina. It was even more empowering to hear someone sing about sexual assault in Tonight and Dress Off after experiencing sexual assault. Instead of letting my experiences bring me down, listening to the butcherettes reminded me of what I've survived through. Terry has continued to share her feminist ideologies in her albums following Sin Sin Sin, especially in her recently released album, A Raw Youth, with songs like They Fuck You Over, which she wrote about being fucked over as a female front woman in Guadalajara, and Sold Less Than Gold, a powerful tra track about young sex slaves. Despite collaborating with big names like John Frusciante, Iggy Pop, and Henry Rollins, touring with Faith No More and New Melvins, and having Omar Rodriguez Lopez as her producer slash mentor throughout her career, the Butcherettes are missing from the conversation whenever contemporary feminist bands and artists are mentioned. Garage rock bands like Ultrasonicas were the Butcherettes' predecessors, forming in Mexico during the late 1990s and at the end of the Riot Girl movement. Although they weren't as well known as South Mexico, their album Yo Fui Una Adolescente de Dos Satanica helped create a place for women in the underground Mexican punk scene. Their songs are in Spanish, yet their music is influenced by bands like English female-fronted garage band The Head Cody's, who inspired their song Vente Mi Boca, their own version of their Come Into My Mouth. Their lyrics openly called out men of their sexism, the songs like Quegado Cedo, which they exposed as an ex-boyfriend who is slut-shaming jerk. The song's video drives the point even more, featuring a gaggle of practically naked men kissing as the band form on stage, as Las Ultrasonicas remain as the fully clothed people in the video, ending with the band devouring the men and resting upon their piled-up bloody bodies. Sex positivity was hardly a novel concept in music, but Las Ultrasonicas did it in a way that was in a country with the strongest, the strongly patriarchal culture, the 16th highest rate of sexual assault and domestic violence towards women in the world. The decisions of women's bodies are as enforced by the government and the laws are even stricter than the states, taking away women's agency over their own bodies. In their song, I'm, I'm Fucking Pregnant, 
is saying about a guy not wanting to use protection and lying after he said he wouldn't come inside them, causing them to end up pregnant. Instead of resorting to self-blame and accepting motherhood, they place the blame on the guy and declare there's no way in hell they're going to have their baby, singing, I'm fucking pregnant, y no lo tendré. I'm fucking pregnant, and I won't have it. There are plenty of songs about abortion by white American feminist musicians, from Amanda Palmer's Oasis to Hulse Mrs. Jones, and having a band from a country that, with even stricter laws, openly saying that they won't allow anything to stop them from terminating a pregnancy is extremely powerful. But you won't find that in most big publications' list of top most powerful songs about abortion. Although Las Otras Sonicas is banned more than decades ago, bassist Jessie Bulbo is now a solo artist who maintains those feminist themes in her music. Jessie embodies the sexual positivity and body positivity that she expressed in Las Otras Sonicas, yet does it in her own way, with an outlandish style reminiscent of Amanda Palmer, a combination of pop, salsa, and bachata, Jessie breaks away from her previous association with Mexican garage rock and widens a template for feminism and Latin music. Her lyrics may be less in your face as Las Ultrasonicas, but they are not less strong. <clears throat> in her standout single, Maldito, from her debut album, Sagamama, she calls her her male partner for sexism in their relationship, pointing out that the double standard for his behavior. He easily gets jealous when he sees her talking to other men, but he doesn't want to commit to her. On Bulbo's le- latest album, Change Ammonium, on the track No Es Patanto, she sings about the hardships of the relationship and the importance of respecting your partner instead of enforcing arbitrary restrictions in their relationship dynamic. Jesse Bulbo is one of Mexicans, Mexico's most famous indie rock stars, yet hasn't received as much attention in the States. Her use of solely Spanish lyrics limits her possibilities of reaching international fame, as she remains a vital, necessary artist, worthy more of the attention she receives outside Mexico. Other indie artists who do sing primarily in English have been gaining more international attention during the last five years or so. Although Las Kelly's, an Argentinian rock band, reached international listeners with her debut album, Kelly's, featuring, featuring mostly songs in English, along with mostly Spanish, Portuguese, and even French. As Kelly's have a more traditional garage rock sound than the coat hangers, the songs like Scotch Whiskey or Hit It Off, but they're also likened to Slits and Delta 5. Instead of um, challenging oppression directly and politically, like the Wichert's Sotratonicas did, as Kelly's focus on sharing their feelings and their lyrics in a way similar to Vivian Girls and Best Coast. Their version of ESG's Erase You reifies girl power as they think I'm going to show you I'm a woman while discussing ending a relationship with a guy who doesn't treat them well. As does typical bitch. But they claim bitch as an empowering term. A woman who doesn't give up and won't let anybody stop them from achieving what they want. As Kelly's formed after realizing there weren't many male front, female-fronted bands in Argentina's music scene, and decide to do it on their own terms. Hines are another one that are, very, that are one of the very few Hispanic bands staking out a present-day place for Hispanic women in popular indie rock. 
before even releasing their debut album, they received plenty of attention for, from critics who lauded them as instrumental in shaping the future of indie rock. While they've been very successful, Heinz weren't devoid of criticism from critics from their country who felt they were ashamed of their Hispanic roots and choosing to sing in English to appear more American. Heinz' feminism expressed a similar way to us Kelly's. They want to show women are more capable or just as capable as men is in, women, in music, but it's still a very quite significant statement in a male-dominated scene. It's no secret that rock is still not as inclusive as it should be. When you think of female rock artists, the ones who are typically discussed are white American women whose oppression is limited. I used to think that there were many Latino feminist bands out there, but there are. They're just not giving us much space and recognition, especially in American media-centered pop culture scene. It's crucial for still more diverse Latino rock voices to be heard. Hey, that was great. Thank you so much. History's greatest artistic works. Citizen Kane. Hamlet. The Flair Steamboat Trilogy. We'll only be discussing one of these on our new podcast, The Best There Ever Was, where we discuss the art of professional wrestling and the emotional connection that brings us back to it. On season one, we're talking about greatest matches ever by members of the WWE Hall of Fame. But definitely not Coco Beware. I'm Fax. And I'm Chris. And join us, the Curtain Jerks, as we discuss wrestling's greatest matches on The Best There Ever Was on the Atlantic Transmission Network. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!